Sponsored by Midland. Communication for every adventure. The industry leader in radio communication technology and innovation for over 50 years. Always remember, the opinion you follow should be your own. Just consider the things stated here to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Hi, my name is Phil from Waypoint Overland, and you're listening to Random Waypoints. All right, so here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Random Waypoints podcast. We'll be doing an episode every week, so like, share, and subscribe. Hit the notification bell to make sure you don't miss an episode. This week, we'll answer a viewer's question about rooftop tents. We'll look at new vehicles on the horizon you might consider for your next adventure rig. Also, we'll have another installment of a segment called Waypoints that deals with navigation and planning itineraries for the overland traveler. And I'll share another one of my random lists. So stay tuned for the whole show. But next, let's look at the news. During this segment, we'll cover various topics with a connection to overlanding in some way. It could be land use news regarding the national parks or the Bureau of Land Management. We'll keep you up to date on any auto industry news when it pertains to relevant and potential overlanding vehicles. There will be camping and outdoor industry news, as well as photography and video, fishing, hiking, and on and on. Now, here's the news. As we get closer to Rivian's R1T's planned launch date, we keep getting more details about what the service and ownership experience will be like. The latest news on that front concerns insurance specifically Rivian's own in-house insurance, which it announced on Thursday, but which has been rumored to be coming for a while. Much like Tesla and its insurance, Rivian figures it can offer its customers a better experience by better understanding its own vehicles and the costs associated with their repair. Unlike Tesla's insurance, which is currently only available in California, Rivian will launch its insurance in 40 states. Further, it's planning to cover accessories like the Rivian Camp Kitchen as part of the policy. And it will still protect you if you take your vehicle off-road. Rivian says it will adapt customer premiums according to their driving style. For example, if you use Rivian's Driver Plus Driver Assistance Suite, it will reduce your rate. Use it a lot and the rate drops even further. Rivian also allows drivers to bundle their insurance policies for their home and power sports equipment like motorcycles, to reduce costs further. It's not clear yet how competitive Rivian's rates will be compared with legacy insurance companies. But having more choice is a good thing, particularly where insurance is concerned. Rivian's R1T is expected to start getting the, into customers' hands in January 2022. Alpha Motor Company has just unveiled the new Wolf Plus, the automotive company's next pure electric pickup truck built on a shared platform that powers the preceding Wolf. Wolf Plus puts an additional emphasis on utility while preserving the persona of Alpha's revolutionary Wolf electric truck. The multi-purpose Wolf Plus is built for utility and adventure. It has an extended cabin that accommodates four passengers with access provided through two full-size doors for the driver and front passenger. 
and two three-quarter size doors that hinge backwards for open rear seat occupancy. The vehicle runs on an electric platform combining versatile driving performance, durability, and power to efficiently support daily operations. It strongly demonstrates the enhanced range and versatility of the Alpha Electric Truck Series and is designed for consumers looking for a solid four-wheel drive utility truck powered by modern renewable energy. The vehicle composition of Wolf Plus includes steel, aluminum, and carbon fibers. It comes in a four-wheel drive or rear-wheel drive system with a towing capacity of 6,724 pounds an acceleration of 0 to 60 miles per hour in 5.9 seconds. The vehicle is intended to be equipped with a 75 to 85 kilowatt-hour lithium-ion battery with an estimated 275 miles of range. The Wolf Plus combines rugged utility with modern interior features, including a driver-centric digital speedometer, a digital center display, ergonomically bolstered seating, and multi-layered front and rear occupant center console storage. The special launch edition of the Wolf Plus comes in a deep sandstone color, inspired by the desert landscape of Joshua Tree National Park in 29 Palms, California. Additional information on Wolf Plus, including its price, are available on Alpha Motor Corporation's website, alphamotorinc.com. Hyundai unveiled its highly anticipated Santa Cruz Sport Adventure Vehicle. The Santa Cruz was developed to be the ultimate sport adventure vehicle. Research found consumers often living in urban environments have lifestyles that include the need to escape to weekend adventures of all kinds. Many of these customers carry various gear and equipment that is better suited to an open bed rather than a typical SUV body style. These buyers want versatile transportation that is equally flexible for urban adventure, occupational, or even home improvement gear. At the same time, these customers still value the secure utility of a compact SUV with its comfort, passenger space, fuel efficiency, and parking ease. Santa Cruz offers two powerful, flexible, and efficient powertrains. The standard powertrain is a 2.5-liter direct-injected inline four-cylinder engine with an estimated 190 horsepower and 180 foot-pounds of torque. This engine couples to an 8-speed hydraulic automatic transmission for quick acceleration and superb efficiency. It also offers a 2.5-liter direct-injected turbocharged engine with an estimated 275-plus horsepower and 310-plus pounds foot of torque linked to an 8-speed dual-clutch automatic transmission. Both 2.5-liter four-cylinder and 2.5-liter four-cylinder turbo offer H-Track all-wheel drive. The 2.5-liter four-cylinder is rated at 3,500 pounds for towing and the 2.5-liter turbo at 5,000 pounds. It has a turning radius of only 20 feet and you can get 18-inch wheels with taller tires, sidewalls for off-road adventures. The Santa Cruz Sport Adventure Vehicle begins production in Montgomery, Alabama in June and will be available for sale in the summer. Now it's time for Random Lists. Random Lists is all about lists Waypoint Overland has created on an array of topics, such as top five national parks, top 10 trails in the United States, top 10 fill in the blank. I think you get it. Some lists will be pure fun and others very informational, but they all will have a connection to overlanding in some way. We're very interested in hearing your suggestions for upcoming lists in the comments. Now, here's our random list. 
my list this week is my top 15 fascinating facts about our national parks. Fact, Wrangell St. Elias National Park in Alaska is the largest national park covering 13,000 square miles. Fact, bears have not killed a single person in Olympic National Park, but a mountain goat, which is not a native species to the region, killed a man in 2010. Fact, in August 2014, authorities at California's Sequoia National Park found a $36 million marijuana cultivation operation just a half a mile from a popular tourist site. Fact, Yellowstone National Park is the oldest U.S. national park, founded in 1872. Fact, one of the hottest temperatures on Earth was recorded in 1913 in Death Valley National Park, registering 134 degrees. Fact, Carlsbad Caverns National Park in New Mexico is home to the nation's deepest cave, which is 1,593 feet. Fact, the longest cave system in the world with more than 3,454 miles of caves is located beneath Mammoth Cave National Park in Kentucky. Fact, at 1,932 feet, Crater Lake National Park is the deepest lake in the U.S. Fact, the Yellowstone Caldera, Yellowstone National Park, is a supervolcano that's responsible for three of the world's six biggest volcano eruptions. Fact, Mount Rainier is the most glaciated peak in the contiguous U.S. with 26 major glaciers. Fact, national parks contain at least 247 species of threatened or endangered plants and animals, more than 75,000 archaeological sites, and nearly 27,000 historic and prehistoric structures. Fact, Mesa Verde National Park in Colorado was the first national park established to protect human-created structures and history, including 5,000 archaeological sites and 600 cliff dwellings of the ancestral Pueblo people. Fact, California's Sequoia National Park is home to the largest living single-stem tree in the world, the wonderfully named General Sherman. The tree is approximately 270 feet tall and 900 metric tons. Three of fact. Three of the 10 highest waterfalls in the world are located in Yosemite National Park in California. Fact, you owe it to yourself to visit a national park soon. Now, a viewer question. I was sent the following to the point question. Why or why not a rooftop tent? Well, for me, the rooftop tent has completely changed the way I camp. And it's opened up so many new opportunities. It has its pros and it has its cons, but it's been the best solution for my overlanding and I get a great night's sleep. Setting up most rooftop tents is fairly simple and it's its biggest selling point. You can store your bedding inside the tent and it has a foam mattress which is more comfortable than any sleeping pad. When you have tent windows open, you get a completely different perspective at campsites in a rooftop tent. Rooftop tent campers usually have the option of RV sites and tent sites at formal campsites. You just need to decide if you need to use electricity or water. The rates are a lot cheaper if you choose a tent site. The thing I've enjoyed most about a rooftop tent is being able to camp in places I wouldn't have considered or been able to in a ground tent. It opens the door to camping in places that would be awful otherwise in a traditional tent. I chose the Tapui Kukuman ruggedized rooftop tent. I think it's one of the toughest rooftop tents on the market, and it was designed specifically for off-road rigs and 4x4 trailers. The materials used are heavy-duty, and the canvas is dark and strong, so you have privacy. Being in the tent, you feel safer than sleeping in a tent on the ground. 
A rooftop tent also gets you off uneven ground, rocks, and branches. It's always the same flat surface, no matter, no matter where you park. The reason I originally purchased my tent was for visiting Alaska or anywhere that's considered bear country that I travel. A big con is you can get, you can set up your tent. You can't, a big con is you can't set up your tent and drive away. If you want to set up a week long camp and then use your car to go on excursions, well, you have to take down the tent each time. You may also need to leave something in your campsite to hold your spot. Another negative is that the tent hurts fuel efficiency and vehicle performance. If you consider yourself a serious off-roader, it raises your center of gravity a little bit. Price is probably the hugest of all kinds for a rooftop tent. You can expect to pay from around $1,000 to as much as $4,000 or even more. And that doesn't even include the cost of a rack system, which could be another grand or two. When compared with a high-quality tent, and a sleeping pad package, the price difference shrinks, but the rooftop system is still considerably more pricey. Bottom line, in my opinion, a rooftop tent will really benefit those on extended trips that are largely on the move. It's also great if you plan to spend a lot of days in your vehicle. Those living weeks or months on end on the road and in campgrounds will really appreciate the added comfort. Those on a budget or who only camp a few days a summer I think they'll be much better served with a traditional tent. In addition, people who want to set up a tent for several days and move the car in the meantime will also find a standard tent much easier to manage. Now it's time for waypoints. Waypoints. Waypoints will cover all aspects of navigation for the overland traveler. Navigation is the act or practicing of navigating. The method of determining position, course, and distance traveled. Now that everyone's out and about and things are beginning to return back to normal, I want to tell you about what could be the best investment you could make when it comes to your travel. What's that? An American the Beautiful Pass. That's right. The American the Beautiful National Parks and Federal Recreations Land Pass. It's your ticket to more than 2,000 federal recreational sites across the country. A pass covers entrance, standard amenity fees, and a day-use fee for a driver and all passengers in a personal vehicle at per-vehicle fee areas, or up to four adults at sites that charge per person. Children aged 15 or under are admitted free. You can explore the beauty for America's parks on your next outdoor adventure with this pass, and there's more value with every park that you visit. Whether you drive, whether you walk, or take public transportation, your pass provides entry to thousands of national parks and other federally managed lands. I order one every single year when I renew my vehicle tabs. Having the pass allows me to be spontaneous and not consider costs when traveling to national parks, through national forests, BLM lands, and other federally managed lands. Most parks have a flat fee, so the rule of thumb for the America the Beautiful Pass is, if you only make it to three major parks in one year, the annual pass still saves you money. In 12 months, an ambitious traveler could knock out visits to places like the Grand Canyon National Park, which has a $35 fee, Sequoia National Park, which has a $35 fee, and Yosemite, which also has a $35 fee. Right there, those separate visits would cost you $105. 
That's $25 more than an $80 annual pass. Now, for me, having a pass, that affects the way that I travel. It gives me more freedom in where I go and what routes I take. For instance, when I'm in southern Utah, I often travel through Zion National Park as a shortcut versus a boring highway drive to surrounding areas. And I freely travel through all the BLM land Utah has to offer. I often day trip to Glacier National Park because it's so close, just to drive to going to the Sun Road that traverses the park. I do things like this all the time, but it would be cost prohibitive to do these things without the pass. So what I'm saying is, you should get yourself an American the Beautiful Pass. If you overland the U.S., I think it's just a shrewd move to have one. So what I'll do is I'll leave a link down in the description. Well, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. We're going to leave you this week with some footage from Yellowstone National Park. So stay for the whole thing. We'll see you next week. I hope you like, share, and subscribe. And with that, everyone stay safe, tread lightly, and hopefully I'll see you here or on a trail soon. You have been listening to Waypoint Overland's Random Waypoints. Like, subscribe, and stay tuned for more. Sponsored by Midland. Communication for every adventure. The industry leader in radio communication technology and innovation for over 50 years.